Welcome to the episode three of Senior Moments with God. Forgive me for that little flute solo, but I was searching for music and decided just to pull out the flute. Obviously, I have not played since high school, and my breath control reveals I am truly a senior in Senior Moments. So thank you for your forgiveness on that one. I'm your Gretchen, your host, and I'm so glad you've joined. The purpose of this podcast is to celebrate the stories of women as we walk through the phases of our lives with God, specifically that phase of aging. So many times I've seen women feel that they are losing their stories and their identities, and that is not God's will. He is with us. He wants us to glorify him in every stage of life. And that is what this podcast will do. Give God the glory. Today's episode is such a treat. I'm going to be sharing the theme of answered prayers. I experienced a little reflection of my own behavior when praying to God when my three-year-old great-nephew stayed with me this past Christmas. Ladies, do you remember what it's like to try to tell a three-year-old no at Christmas time? No, Chad, you cannot open the gifts yet. No, Chet, you can't start with the sweets. You must eat something healthy first. Uh, No, Chet, you cannot watch TV till Santa comes tonight. Oh my, I saw how quickly our human nature responds when being told no. You may be thinking, but Gretchen, we've grown out of that. We're senior adults after all. Really? Well, in reflecting on my own prayer life, I see very quickly how I react when I'm told no or you need to wait, rather than my desired yes. I especially know how important I think that yes answer is, and I do not like being told no. Before proceeding to our two examples of answers to prayer, I want to clarify what prayer is for me. For me, it's simply talking, having a conversation with our Creator God. That requires listening as well as speaking and listening again. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior and ask him to forgive us of our sins, Jesus becomes our own personal priest. It says in Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 in the Bible, the New Testament, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus cares about us. He understands our needs, and he has willingly become our priest to whom we can talk, we can go through and talk to our Father God, our Creator. Prayer used to confuse me. I always wondered, why does God even need me to pray about things in my life to him if he already knew about them? And he knows how things will turn out. I was taught he's omniscient. And someone used to say, oh, that's because prayer changes things, Gretchen. Well, I don't think so. I think it's really what I'm discovering is that prayer changes me. God wants his creation to participate with him in life. That is amazing. We don't have a Zeus kind of God like we studied in Greek mythology where he tests and toys with his creation. 
We have a loving God who wants us to talk to him. And as we focus on his nature and we read his word called the Bible, we realize our prayers do change and we become more in line with who he is and with his deep love that he has for each of us. And I do admit, ladies, I lapse often into that Santa Claus type prayer. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, I want this or that. It even happened recently, just two days ago. My daughter, who's in college, called me to say she's required to find a paying internship. We had that perfect business all picked out for her. We toured the facility. She toured it. She spent a day shadowing. We prayed for those doors to open and doors to close, if not meant to be. And the day came, she spent six hours with the company. The next day, she called me to say they told her no. Oh, I became Mama Bear. Why did we waste her time? Why wasn't she good enough for that place? They would be lucky to have her. You know, mamas. God stopped me in the middle of my rant, and he reminded me, did you not pray also for me to shut the door, if not my will? Did you mean that? I answered your prayer. It was no, because your plan is not my plan. My plans are better, and I know best. Oh, my. I called my daughter right away. I apologized to her for my attitude about the news, and I told her what God reminded me. She graciously agreed and forgave me. She continues to look for a job. I continue to pray. A dear sister sent me her experience with prayer. Jane had two very different kinds of answers, and I think they're amazing. They show God's power and grace. So grab your cup of coffee, open your Bible, open your hearts and minds, and prepare to listen to Jane as she shares her story. Hello, my name is Jane. I was saved on my 10th birthday in the First Baptist Church of a little town called Heron, Illinois. What an incredible ride I have experienced since then. I will highlight two of those events as part of my testimony to God's grace and provision for me and my family. When I was in my mid-20s, my husband and I moved to Virginia from Illinois, and I began teaching elementary music in the Botetot County School System. I taught in three schools and I was responsible for directing a, directing a Christmas program in each school. Can you imagine, ladies? In one school, I taught my music class on a stage with only a divider between my classes and the gym where PE classes were being conducted while I taught music. In another school, I taught my music classes on a stage with only a curtain between the students eating their lunches while I taught my classes. To say the least, I had to yell just to be heard by my students. Needless to say, I began experiencing severe hoarseness and sore throats daily. In November, I went to an ENT and he examined my vocal cords. Upon doing so, he said I developed vocal nodules and that I needed to rest my vocal cords for several weeks because at this point, they were soft and would go away with rest. Well, I'm a music teacher and I had three Christmas programs coming up, so I could not rest. In January, I went back to that same doctor. Upon examination, he said my nodules were now hard and that I would need to have surgery to remove them. At that time in Southwest Virginia, the only surgery performed was a very invasive surgery involving cutting off 
the nodules on my vocal cords. That seemed pretty risky. My father, who was a pharmaceutical salesman in Southern Illinois, knew of a doctor who could use laser surgery to remove these nodules. This was much a safer alternative, and I felt that less harm would be done to my vocal cords. Most importantly, I would be able to keep singing at my church. I finished out the school year, but resigned from my teaching position because I did not want to put myself in that situation again, where I could develop more vocal nodules. My husband and I drove to Illinois the day after school dismissed for the summer. The next day, I was scheduled for that surgery. I had my suitcase in the car in case I needed to stay overnight in that hospital. I went to the doctor's office. He examined my vocal cords. He said, your vocal nodules are gone. I said I couldn't believe it. I had had continual problems throughout the rest of that school year with no relief. I asked him, please check again. He did, and he said, they're gone. What a miracle. From that moment on, I promised the Lord I would never turn down an opportunity to sing for him. And I haven't, unless I was ill or otherwise committed. God gifted me with a singing voice and musical talent to serve him. It has always been an honor to serve him in this capacity. Now I am 69. My singing voice isn't as vibrant as it once was, but I continue to serve the Lord by playing the piano and leading my church choir. I have discovered that I have a talent for conducting as well. I am blessed. One more story of God's faithfulness in answering prayer. A very different prayer. My father was diagnosed with breast cancer when he was 65. He had a mastectomy and radiation and was cancer-free for nine years. After my mother passed away, he began having pain in his back. His cancer had metastasized. He fought it valiantly for over a year, going through chemotherapy, losing his hair, developing sores in his mouth. I'm sure most of you know what happens during chemotherapy. When another round of chemo was recommended, he declined knowing that more suffering was ahead. By this time, my family had moved to Southwest Missouri. He flew to visit us over Christmas, and I could tell he was not doing well. He was having trouble breathing and going upstairs. When I took him to the airport, my heart broke, knowing that my dad was most likely not going to recover this time. About a month later, during a, fa a phone call, my dad was disoriented, and I knew it was time to bring him to our house. I called my sister. We picked him up. We closed up his house, called all the necessary people, took his most important documents. We called hospice. Dad was doing pretty well for three weeks. He even started putting on weight. Then he took a turn for the worse. He couldn't get up without falling. His condition was deteriorating quickly. On a Friday, hospice came to bathe him. He looked really good afterwards. The color had returned to his face. However, after they left, he took a nap and never woke up. He'd begun sleeping in the hospital bed in our family room, and I slept on the couch nearby my dad. That night, I prayed that God would take him home. That was the first and only time I have prayed that prayer. Naturally, I wanted my dad to stay with me a lot longer. Four hours later, he began gurgling, while I later realized that was the death rattle. I went to him, and I tried to give him some water. He opened his eyes and looked at me. I told him 
Daddy, it's okay to go to heaven because I have my husband and daughter to take care of me. He turned, closed his eyes, took one last breath and died. When I prayed that prayer, I didn't think God would answer my prayer so quickly, but God understood my pain and my daddy's pain. To this day, I'm still amazed by God's faithfulness and grace in answering my prayer so quickly. It surely is a testament of his love for us. I know, ladies, for those of you out there who have lost your parents, um, that moment where they transition to heaven is so hard. And um, I relate so much to Jane because my own mother, as I shared with you in the past, uh, struggled with Parkinson's for 27 years. What you may not know is before she was diagnosed with Parkinson's, she was diagnosed with tumors on her liver. She had five tumors, according to the surgeon. It was extremely painful. They were cancerous. And he said he didn't know if, if there would be recovery, if he could save the liver. And so we all prepared and prayed. We had prayer chains going. If you don't know what a prayer chain is, it's where you have people, you call, and they just keep calling other people, and everyone starts praying. And they prayed for my mom. I went to the hospital. When I came into the hospital room, the surgeon came out. He was mad. I know those tumors were there. I can't find them. They're gone. I know they were there. Oh, ladies, you know, I was celebrating because I know who took out those tumors. God did. Just like he healed Jane's nodules on her vocal cords. They were gone. But then later, my mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's. Well, we thought, okay, he's going to heal her just like he did those tumors on her liver. But he didn't. The answer was no. No. And I don't understand why one disease and not the other. Why does he heal one person and not another? Would my mother have rather died from bladder cancer than suffer so long with debilitating Parkins, there were days she really want, wanted to go to heaven. God was her purpose. When discussing this with others, the only answer that has consoled me is the one I received from the Bible. And it's in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Maybe to some it sounds like no answer, but to me, it's an answer. He is the creator. He loves my mother. He loved Jane's father. He healed Jane's vocal cords. He did not heal her father at the end. He healed my mother's tumors, but he did not heal her from Parkinson's. But God loves us. And he loved my mother even more than I did. He loved Jane's father even more than Jane did. He had healed before. He did not heal in the end. But his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. I wish I had a better answer. One more tangible or practical. I'm from Missouri after all. That's the show me state, ladies. I would like to see the reasoning behind this. But the bottom line is I won't not in this lifetime. So God's grace 
is what I need. It's what you need to the different answers he gives us. Sometimes it's a yes. Sometimes it's a wait. Sometimes it's a no. But no matter what, to God be the glory. His grace is sufficient. If you have a story to tell, please send it to me, gjfleming at charter.net. And when you tell your story, we'll give God the glory.